Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gateway to Cinema, the spin-off of the far more popular podcast Reboot Already Underway, the Pebbles and Bam Bam show to the main podcasts, the Flintstones. I knew that. You know, one. Just let's give them a let's give them a show where they're teenagers. That's, yeah, that's a good idea. That's that's what we call good television. <laughs> I am, of course, your host, Aaron Hahn, joined as always by Jacob Lacey. Cheeseburger. <laughs> this is another wonderful, relevant catchphrase from Thank uh, you. Thank you. Lacey. Because we are once again discussing one of the films from the list of 100 movies I once made for Lacey to watch. Films that are interesting introductions to the larger world of cinema. And this week we got a pretty, pretty great horror classic that I am excited to talk about, and that is the 1986 version of The Fly. Not the 50s version. Throw that, throw not, that in the garbage. Not the 50s version. I we'll, we'll probably talk we'll, a little we'll about the there. 50s version okay. later on, but first let's hear uh, your spoiler-free thoughts uh, on watching this film for the first time. So The Fly... Uh, a film that I've been somewhat familiar with for a while. Uh, you know, when people talk about David Cronenberg, this is always the one that, uh, you know, people, people seem to spring to the most. It's, I mean, would you say it's probably his most iconic film? Probably. And probably the most emblematic of his style overall, I guess. All right. Like, this is basically the, the purest form of what Cronenberg usually goes for. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, so... I don't know. This is another hard movie to talk about without spoilers. But, overall... Aaron, I'm sorry. No, I loved it. You didn't? I, no, I okay. loved it. Um, I, just, I like scaring you a little bit every now and then. Keeping you on your you, toes. You did scare me. Um, no, yeah, I, I loved this movie. Um, is that just, was that, uh, uh just, just, just because of Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> uh, cheeseburger. <laughs> it might've been just I, because I, of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, well, I mean, I couldn't fault you for that because I love Jeff Goldblum. No, I, I mean, like, there are other reasons. I, to love any, it, so. any movie is made better by his presence. It really know? is. But in, Independence Day Resurgence? Even... Independence Day Resurgence would have been a worse film had he not been in it. That's a good way of pointing it out. That's a good way. I'm excited for him to be in Thor Ragnarok. I'm excited for him to be in Jurassic World 2. I mean, like, this man's making a comeback, and I'm loving it. You know... Like, we need... It's like the reconnaissance. We need need a term for Jeff Goldblum's return. We need to come up with that that, that term. Yeah. The the Golden Age. Golden Age? This yeah. is why you listen to this like podcast, it. everyone. We think of brilliant <laughs> ideas like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so overall, I liked it uh, quite a bit. Um, it does have some problems that I think maybe, Aaron, you'll guess what my problems are with it based on some of my complaints on earlier films um, in this mm-hmm. series. But overall... Uh, I thought it was pretty great, but uh, yeah, 
I'll save it for spoilers, I guess. Why'd you put it on the list, Darren? Well, this was actually... I mean, obvi- there's the obvious reason, because it is a classic film, and it is a prominent horror film, and of course I love horror. But this was actually a film that was particularly on my mind at the time I was writing this list, because it was just recently after I took a science fiction film class at my college. And for my final paper in that class, I wrote about the, like, what exactly is the convergence point between the science fiction and horror genre? Like, when does science fiction become horror? When does horror become science fiction? And, And so, like, this is one of the films that I looked at in particular, especially, like, contrasting it with the 50s version uh, which I felt was more of a sci-fi film, whereas this is more of a horror film. And then I explained like why I thought that distance ha- that that you know that difference happened, and why I think it's relevant to like the discussion of these genres. So maybe that's something we can talk about a little if you're interested. Sure, I'm once interested. we get into spoilers, let's just dig right in, man. All right, so all if you haven't seen stuff. the film already, highly recommended by both of us. Yeah. So go watch it, and if you haven't seen it. Or if you have seen it, then we're going to talk about spoilers now. Mm -hmm. Some of the most unsettling, prosthetic, (laughs) I guess, practical effects I may have ever seen in a movie. Um, Yeah. When she still hold up. (laughs) Yeah, they do. When she rips the jaw off of Jeff Goldblum. And his face just, like, peels yeah. apart. Yeah, I'm like... It's beautiful. This is horrifying. <laughs> like, this, should, this shouldn't exist. <laughs> Kill it with fire. Uh, get it out of my country. Get it out of my life, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and then... My God. This is... I have a... This is gonna sound weird, but I have a weird thing about, like, fingernails and toenails. And when he starts <laughs> to peel his fingernails off... I could not mm-hmm. stop squirming. I'm like, this is not right. This shouldn't be happening. Now, it helped that they just kind of peeled off. Now, if he was, like, digging at him and, like, he's, like, really trying to get him I mean, off. Was, he was, like, bending them back and forth yeah. and just, like, working them out of there. Then... Like, uh, like Oculus, where he, yes. like, digs at his fingernails. Like, that messed me up. And I'm like, I'm glad it didn't get quite that bad. But also, it still messed me up. I'm like, no, why the fingernails? I don't care about the teeth. The ear doesn't even bother me that much. Why did it have to be the fingernails? Um, yeah. So, this movie's so weird, man. This movie is It is so weird, but it's so good. Weird. And I guess before we talk about all the good things, like I assume we're going to be talking about the classic one, the 50s one, and like you said, we're going to be talking about where horror and sci-fi converge. I want to talk about the things that I didn't like, just to get them out of the way. Um, Yeah, that's... Okay. I felt like it was paced really weirdly. Like, at the beginning, he just meets this girl, and then eventually... They're, like, together, like, three scenes later, but there's never, like, uh, we've been working on this for months or anything. It's just like, oh, okay, now they're together, I guess? All right, I can deal well, with that. Well, I mean, first off, can, can you blame her? It's, it's Jeff Goldblum. Like, I cannot which, which blame Which of us her. would not jump at the chance? I, oh, my God. 
you give me <laughs> you give me Jeff Goldblum today in a room, and you tell me he wants to kiss me. I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> you and me, Jeff Goldblum. But um, also, I mean, I agree that the pacing is a bit off, and, and and that might just be because it's a very there's not much story to it. It's very like streamlined. It's, yeah, it's much more fixated on the body horror aspect than in mm-hmm. telling a, a a story. So it's 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 more about like the slow transition into the Brundle fly as opposed to right. constant action and stuff. And I agree the romance is kind of rushed, but it is you know, rushed. I think it works well enough for what it needs to. It it does that and then there's also I don't know that I can even hate on this part of the pacing too much because I think they tried something where like it fades out on Jeff Goldblum and then fades back in on Gina Davis. And then he calls her on the phone and it's like, it's been like four months. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's a long time. Weird way to do that, but all right. And then it's like, oh, she goes and visits him or whatever. Ear falls off. He throws up on his food. I don't know. Was, this is a weird movie, everyone. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I, I wasn't a particularly a fan of the pacing or of the romance. I never really, like, believed it, if that makes sense. Like, and it's not really anyone's fault, like, acting-wise. Like, I think Jeff Goldblum does a great job. I think Gina Davis does a great job. I just feel like they didn't really have chemistry. So I'm like, I don't really believe that they care about each other. So, I don't know. It's a weird thing to care I mean, about that, in a horror movie, that's a, that's... but... Yeah, it's a fair criticism to make, I suppose. It's not the most convincing romance in the world. But I think it it works because the film is not that reliant on the romance. And it right. also, it kind of taps into the same kind of thematic material of, like, the animalistic instincts. Like, maybe their relationship is purely just, like, that those primal forces driving them together as opposed to something deeper. Right. And I can see that, but I also think the movie could have been, like, pushed even further into greatness if there had been that emotional anchor, which I don't really think there is. So, just just some observations in that direction. I also think the ex-boyfriend character is, like, unbelievably creepy, and then by the end you kind of root for him, and you're like, I don't, you're supposed to root for him. And I'm like, this dude is, uh should be locked up. <laughs> well, I mean, I do, I do think that, that was another, that was like the film trying to like test, you know, sympathies. Like we start yeah. out sympathetic to Jeff Goldblum, but by the end of the film, you know, he's transformed into this, the villain mm-hmm. essentially. But there are just so it's some just seeing that role reversal. For. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There are just some things you can't forgive a character for. <laughs> no, I, I agree, but I do think, that's part of the reason why he was, like, so extremely creepy at the beginning and then so, right. like, are supposed to be our heroic character at the end, as, right. uh, more or less. Yeah, like, like I do get what they were going for, but again, it's like, it just, I don't think it was handled in the best way. Like, having him break into her apartment and take a shower in yes, her shower yeah. and it, then he's, yeah. continuously stalk her. And get angry when she sees other men when they're not yeah, even dating. <laughs> like, it's just, I cannot forgive a character for that. Definitely not condoning that behavior <laughs> in any I'm way. I'm not saying you are, just to be clear. I just think <laughs> that... I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, it... It's a very I, 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 What I'm just saying thing. is, it's, 
testing your sympathies, I suppose. Yeah. It makes it makes the transition of Jeff Goldblum from a sympathetic character into a monster more noticeable, I suppose, because then this character that we would typically hate has now become so sympathetic. Like, the contrast between those two shows mm-hmm. how far Jeff Goldblum has come from his humanity. Okay. Or oh, I suppose Brundle. I, I know, not Jeff Goldblum himself. He's, he's still yeah, we, he's still human. Yeah. We think. I don't know. He, if, if I was convinced any famous people were aliens, it's Benedict Cumberbatch Jeff Goldblum, you know what I mean? They're just too good looking. <laughs> Why? I don't know. We need them in a movie together. Yeah. Well, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Doctor Strange is in there. So, there we go. Um, anyway, so were those all your criticisms? I have one more. And this is like... This one's hard to criticize on. It was more just a thing I couldn't stop thinking about during the movie. And it's definitely one of those suspend disbelief kind of things. But it it bothered me throughout. So I'm not saying this is a fault of the movie. This is just maybe something that stopped me from enjoying it as much as I probably could have. Mm-hmm. But the whole plot is based on the fact that another living organism was in there with him when it, like, teleported him. When right. there are millions of living organisms on your body at any given moment. So... Yeah, part of that is suspension of disbelief. Part of it might just be that the machines are fine-tuned enough to not recognize that those living organisms, whereas something larger like a fly, it wasn't fine-tuned for. But the thing is, all it takes is one line of dialogue to just completely shoot that out of the air, and that never happens. Like, it could have just been like, well... It could have been like, well, how does it work? Well, we signal out all the little things, and then we just, you know, we only focus on the big organism. And then it's like, well, there you go. It explains it. It's all you needed. And But the whole time I'm like, but literally everything should be... And how do we know that monkey had nothing on it? Like, it's a monkey. Like, it probably has fleas all over it. Okay, 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 okay. I get, I get your complaint, but that's nitpicking. It is nitpicking, <laughs> but I'm just saying... It is something that I was thinking of continuously throughout this movie. I'm like, this should be... Uh, okay. Nitpicking. Uh, but yeah, those are my complaints. I'm trying to think... Stray observation. Not really a complaint. But when... <laughs> when Jeff Goldblum gets up and he starts, like, twirling around on the pole or whatever. Just the look <laughs> on Gina Davis's face. <laughs> She's like, oh Yeah. Like, this man is hot. <laughs> so that just made me laugh. I was like, all right. So I'm good on that front then. Good things I liked about this movie. Like I already said, horrifying. The, the special effects, absolutely incredible. Effects. Um, like I said, I thought Jeff Goldblum does a good job. I think Gina Davis does a good job. That is her name, right? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm not completely wrong. On that. <laughs> no, I would have corrected you if you yeah. were um, messing up multiple times. Oh no, I do have one more complaint. And again, you're gonna <laughs> hate me. You're gonna hate me for complaining about this because you hated me for complaining about it during RoboCop. But the movie just kind of ends. <laughs> There's no like conclusion. And this is 
again, this is basically the same ending as RoboCop in a sense, in that the character reclaims their humanity. That's the end point of the story. Rundle's humanity, his humanity emerges mm-hmm. enough for him to show Gina Davis that he doesn't want to live as this monstrous creature anymore, that he, he needs to die because he is not himself anymore. He is now this threat. Mm-hmm. So it is in the same way RoboCop, when he says his name is Murphy, reclaimed his humanity. He became more than just a machine. This mm-hmm. is Brundle becoming more than just a fly. And it's just this tragic ending for, you know, a scientist who tried to play God and then it ended up in his downfall. That's not, the ending of the film. I don't know what more you want. <laughs> I'm not... And I understand this is just how movies used to be. And I understand that movies are just different now where we do have, like, conclusions to a story. Not that there's not a conclusion to the story. I'm That's, just saying, like, we have... Like, you know, 10 minutes. I, I get what you're saying, like a wrap up, like an aftermath, like a right. where are they now or something. That's just kind of something we've been programmed to expect now in movies. And going back and watching older ones, it's like they don't, they didn't have that. But also, all you needed was like maybe two more minutes at the end of this movie. You know, bring the, bring the score up. You know, she's like, oh man, she grabs the guy, and she's like, all right, let's get out of here, and they leave or whatever. All you needed. It's just she shoots him, movie ends. Like, not even going to do anything after that? Like, nothing? (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Like, it's not something that can, like, ruin the experience, but it's also just... I I don't know. I think it was better to leave it on that big emotional impact than because the story ends there, Mm -hmm. and you're left with that tragedy. I don't. I don't think they needed anything more than that. No, I can see that. But again, I don't know. Just would have liked a little something. Um. So now I'm done with my complaints. <coughs> so Sorry. Do, if you will indulge me, I'll indulge. I want. I want. I want to like, because I'm. In, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts because these were. The, your thoughts on this sci-fi horror debate because oh, wow. this is obviously what I wrote a lengthy paper on. So I just. So like. What I did is, I for this paper, I watched multiple films. I watched Alien, I watched uh, Jason X, I watched Under the Skin, I watched a bunch of weird sci-fi horror films. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things I did is I watched The Thing, and The Thing from Another World, and then The Fly, and the 1950s version of The Fly, and the 1980s version of The Fly. So I was kind of comparing how these 50s films differed from their remakes in the 80s. And so one of the things I highlighted was kind of like the transition from sci-fi to horror was kind of in in turning fears from universal into like intimate fears. Like you look at the thing in the 1950s, it's all about like a parallel for, it's a metaphor for the Russian invasion. It's all about watching these external forces invade. Whereas the thing movie itself was all about the, the internal force of this creature that can, you know, become give the appearance of being human and in the same way the fly movies the 1950s one was all about like the technology like the idea of what transportation could bring upon humanity you know it's this the whole idea that the advancement of technology is eventually gonna spell the downfall for the entire human race but then the 1980s film it's like that's still there but it's more focused on like the breakdown of self that brundle experiences it's more 
focused on that body horror and like i i highlighted how that is tied to like these fears of objection then like the idea of something being like of yourself but not yourself in a sense like why you're 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 why you're grossed out by like slime and like up like blood and like piles of organs is because you're seeing what's inside you now externalized so you're like it breaks down your barriers of self because you're like if you were to cut me open that's what all i would be what am i if it's just like this thin layer separating me from this pile of garbage essentially (laughs) oh man all right (laughs) i never just be born (laughs) (laughs) so i put like one of the reasons why one the difference i put between sci-fi and horror is that horror taps into more of those intimate fears as opposed to universal fears like we're not fearing for mankind we're fearing for ourselves, and that's the fear that this film expresses with its body horror focus Okay. And you you wanted my thoughts? How <laughs> I'm a little well, confused. I'm, I don't I, I don't know. I'm just trying to. Um, I, I'm just thinking about what you thought about. I I don't know that that in general, but I just thought it was interesting thinking about what this film is doing the 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 i'm just wondering about your thoughts i'm just it's, it's out of curiosity because i wrote a paper on this i'm just like i want some like i want some feedback but i also want some like reassurance that like i was onto something like i want I, you no, to you are i, I think you're like, onto something it's a little hard to comment right now without because i feel like i would have like to the do these film yeah i haven't seen the 50s film i haven't seen um the thing either version and well i mean we'll get to the 80s version later. any of the three versions honestly um the third one's technically a prequel but also a remake and it's dumb who cares <laughs> <laughs> um who cares about the third one um yeah i mean again haven't seen those movies haven't seen nearly as many i don't think i've seen like any of the ones you talked about when you were talking about the ones you watched for this um i haven't seen under the skin i haven't seen oh. under the skin is also on this list it actually is. it is what, what what were the other ones you have seen alien i've seen alien yeah and alien... and you think about like what what makes alien more of a horror film than just a strips because typically you say alien okay it's a sci-fi film but what makes Alien like a horror film is that fixation on like the blood and the guts, right? And the the alien like tearing into people, and then like also how it connects that to themes of sexuality. You know, like the alien is a perversion of reproduction and of femininity and stuff. And I think we see that kind of same themes of sexuality in this film itself. Yeah. You know, you have Brundle like becoming more sexually potent after he under starts to undergo his transformation you have him like talk about how he's penetrating the the, the <laughs> walls of the flesh and you're like oh yeah couldn't make this any more obvious yeah that's the one scene and then where i was like okay jeff goldblum you're overdoing it a bit <laughs> <laughs> like calm down man um, and and then of course like like the thing this this 80s version can kind of be read as a you know commentary on the aids epidemic that was going on in the 80s just kind of that that hidden threat within 
the the self that's like decaying it from within. Yeah, a small part that just destroys you. Yeah. I think the part that we haven't talked about yet that I can maybe add something to this conversation with. Because, I mean, like, you've done a lot of research on this. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. But we also haven't talked about the scene where she wants to get an abortion because she thinks she, there's a fly baby inside of her. And mm-hmm. that whole... Now, there's a dream sequence. I'm not a big fan of dream sequences. But... Um, that but scene he, where she's getting the abortion in her dream and then that larva thing comes out of her. I think that is also, I mean, granted, I'm a man. I, I do not, I will not be able to get pregnant in my life. <laughs> but that is also something that I've heard several times from people who are afraid of getting pregnant. <laughs> this is a weird statement, but it's like... just. People, people are afraid of, like, something growing inside of them that is not them. And so... Yeah, that's... Yeah, and so, yeah, you're right. It's... It's... I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. But it is that, that personal fear, like, like you said, while also being a fear of things that aren't us, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just... So, yeah... I, Basically, that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted your thoughts on whether, like, that's why you think this film is so powerful and why this film has perhaps, like, surpassed the original and impact is because of that, like, ability to tap into those more individualized fears. Yeah, no, yeah, okay. That That's a better prompt, I think. Um, think, think okay. Because I think the reason this whole idea, and I love the scene where the outer layer of his skin falls off and there's just a fly inside of him is because there is... And going back to the creepy ex-boyfriend, there is a piece inside of all of us that is monstrous that whether you choose to feed it or not or whether to be human have a compassion for your fellow man... Um, um, that's, that's what separates us from animals. Like he says, I, I, if I were a full fly, I would kill you and I would like, I would eat you or whatever he says to her. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I just watched this today and I'm already forgetting direct lines from the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that idea of something being inside of us that if we were to lose control of, it would destroy our entire lives i think that is certainly what's terrifying about this because he has this animalistic urge inside of him and then once it gets out of control he's pulling his friggin fingernails off and (laughs) teeth are falling (laughs) out like it's uh yeah i don't know if that answers your question or not but no it, it does more or less i mean it's basically just affirming what i wrote in this paper long ago but that's Kind of what I was looking for. It was just kind of like a selfish desire for you to, you know... No, I like it. ...agree with what I wrote. So. Once I've seen these movies, I wouldn't mind reading that paper. That would be interesting. Uh, so, I'm not sure if it holds up, because I, I wrote it like two years ago, but <laughs> hopefully it's something. Uh, 1950s fly. Yes. Uh, I guess... Spoilers, I guess? It's a 50s movie? I mean, whatever. I think we're safe to spoil it. How is it, how does it differ from this one? 
Well, I mean, there's like the the obvious ways, I suppose, like the ones I mentioned, where it's more fixated on no gore, the <laughs> science fiction aspect, as opposed what no gore. <laughs> yeah, there's no like body horror. Like basically, the extent of his transformation in the original is he has like a fly head and like a fly hand. Like that's as far as he transforms, okay. and it's you know obviously old school kind of prosthetic makeup stuff that isn't quite up to par with what we see in the <laughs> 86 film. Right. And then there's, like, some other just, like, structural differences, like, uh, he, he has a wife, and it starts out with, like, an investigation into his death, people, because he was, like, crushed by a hydraulic press, and then people are investigating, they go to interview his wife, all this sort of stuff. So it's slightly different, but the basic premise of, you know, this is a man who is experimenting with teleportation, a fly snuck into the pod. He started transforming into a fly. He started losing his humanity. And then he asked uh, his wife or girlfriend in the 80s case to kill himself, to kill him at the end because he couldn't stand to lose his humanity. Basically, the key difference with the 50s one beyond being more sci-fi oriented than horror is that they also have this thing where we see the fly that has gained the head and the hand of the human. <laughs> it's like this ridiculous scene where it gets caught in a spider's web and then he's just like screaming, help me, and he has the human head on the fly. It's actually somewhat terrifying, but also like laughable because it's so old and dated. <laughs> oh my god. That's like the key difference probably. Yeah, yeah. In this one, he just absorbs the fly. It's not like he does a switcheroo or anything. There's, there's like, more of an effort for him to, like... He, he's more resistant to his transformation, and they, like, try to capture this fly so he can transform back, as opposed to in the 80s version. It's basically Brundle's, like, I, I'm embracing this until the point where he realizes it's gone too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that, too. I like that it... It very much is he feels better even though he's visibly deteriorating like he's allowing this horrible monstrous thing to happen because he he thinks it's what's best for him even though it's not and like everyone else can see that which is that's some hot take of the day everyone <laughs> uh, you can probably put a lot of different things in that place as an allegory <laughs> alcohol oh, we moved on to allegories from symbolism is that is that what we've moved on from <laughs> no i you used to get you used to give us our your amazing yeah, sorry. no you're right it is symbolism <laughs> it, it's symbolism, symbolism for alcoholism maybe he's doing a bit of cocaine maybe he's a little too into that mary J. brundle or or goldblum or both it was the 80s man you know there was cocaine <laughs> everywhere <laughs> um yeah, so I really like that part as well. Um, overall, the movie I'll probably watch again. Um, believe it or not, the thing that actually might have messed me up, and I only just now thought of this, the thing that messed me up the most was when they look in the pod and it's just a bloody like shape of a monkey and it's still trying to scream. And that was like, what? And they're like, what happened? It yeah, that might do it. It got turned inside out. Excuse me? <laughs> they put the monkey back together inside out? 
<laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Also, I'm not entirely sure I get his his aha moment. Like, she says, you know why they pull on the cheeks? It's because they just... Something about the flesh or whatever. And he's like, aha! It's like, okay, I don't get it. But all right, sure, man, you're a scientist. I mean, I think it was supposed to be more than just, like, in that moment kind of thing. Like, he was thinking about multiple things at the time. Right. It's just weird that that's what what she says. And then he's like, I get it! (laughs) Like, okay, whoa, I don't. Excuse me? (laughs) Explain. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm not quite as well studied on this film i can't really have too deep of a conversation well, that, i, I mean i wrote it. an academic paper on this <laughs> and this is, with this film as part of it so obviously yeah. you know i was going all off on my thesis but i'm i, I think dumb, we got something right. worthwhile <laughs> i hope we got something worthwhile out of all that i was trying to like stumble on how to like phrase it as a question for you to have a conversation with me about but yeah i think at the end of the day we got a good discussion now, this film. Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, too. Yes, cheeseburger. So do you have uh, an idea where this place is in your oh, ranking that's a really of good the question. films we've covered? Um, let me pull it up right now. But as of right now, I, I'm not... Like, I really like it, but there's... It's not quite so much a recommend, not as much as... Things like Doctor Strangelove or being John Malkovich. It is very much a mm-hmm. niche film, I suppose. So, like, if you're into this, watch it. I mean, you probably already have. But, that being said, I think I'm going to put it just above Batman the movie. So, number 10... <laughs> um, uh, just above Batman, just below Perks of Being a Wallflower. So I look at Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I'm like, that's just a better movie overall, I think. Um, <laughs> and is more impactful to me. So maybe that'll change. Yeah. Again, I've only seen this once. So mm-hmm. What about you? Where you got Yeah, it? I mean, this is a film I didn't watch for the first time until I wrote that paper. So it's not one I'm... It's one I might become more enthusiastic about with a on repeat viewings as well. So currently for me, it's placed uh, 12th uh, behind being John Malkovich and ahead of Blazing Saddles. Okay. So it's not that high on my list, but that it's basically because my list is filling up with films I really love. (laughs) And so this is a film that I'm enthusiastic about because I have so many thoughts about it as, you know, Mm -hmm. evidenced by my (laughs) discussion. But this is also a film that, like, I haven't had much like experience watching, whereas many of these other films I've watched multiple times. And I think that's something important for the audience to keep in mind as well, is that this is your number 12 on the list, this is my number 10, and we've done 14 movies now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're bad movies. Because these are all no, great movies. I mean, um, obviously, I, I recommend every single movie on this list in one way or another. Right. The only one I don't is Blade still, but... But, come on. I, I think it's still a significant movie to watch. This doesn't mean it's a good movie, but it's an, it's an important movie to watch. I think there is value in watching movies 
movies that are important regardless of entertainment value. Maybe. May- I don't know about Blade. Blade's <laughs> one that I'm like, eh. eh. Fine, fine. And I don't even hate it, but I'm like, if you don't like that sort of thing, you won't, you'll find nothing. You, you won't have anything in that movie to hold on to. So that's my only hang-up with that. We've talked about this already. We yes, we really have. All right. To, uh... So if you want to find us around the web, you can find uh, Lacey at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can oh. find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. He Got posted it. a review for Wonder Woman. That's up there. I did. It's, uh... uh well, I'm not going to spoil my own pun at the end of the uh, <laughs> review, but... It's the obvious pun. But nope. also, no, I, no, I went for it too, so I can't really... Our, see, we both used the same pun, but we used it in different ways. So it was all we right, did. I think. Yeah, it, it worked, it worked. If you want to find David from the main podcast around the web, you can find him at dbex15, dbex with two S's, on uh, Twitter. If you want to find me around the web, you can find me at littleflamedude on Twitter. And this clever blog name is already taken, .tumblr.com. Also published my Wonder Woman review, so that's up there. It's eerily similar to Lacey's, but <laughs> we swear we did not copy yeah. one another. We uh, posted within five minutes of each other, which is really weird. And like reading his, I was like, eh, "This is." We use some of the same phrases even in this. <laughs> I don't know. This is a bit weird, but uh, yeah, it's good. Maybe we are becoming one creature. I. Oh we are becoming God. the 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 Brundle. Han, Lacey, Fly. Oh, I don't think the world's ready for that, man. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think it is a bit much right now. So if you want to find the main podcast around the web, you can find us at Reboot Already On. On Twitter, you can find us on Facebook. Give us a like for new episodes and news and updates and stuff. Uh, check, out us, check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, give us a review if you like what we got. Do it. Alright, so next week, we will be talking about a very... Very interesting film. Uh, in in anticipation of the release of Cars 3, we're going for a little thematic connection here. Oh, we're going to be talking about this film called Rubber. About a tire that kills people. I'm, I'm excited. Lacey is not. <laughs> I've Now, I'm not not excited, but I've seen, like maybe about 30 minutes of this movie, maybe a little less, uh, when we were just flipping channels one day. And I don't know if it's just something that you need to come in and on at the beginning or something, but uh, I, I understood nothing about it. So we'll see. It will be a fun one to talk about. So join us then. Yeah. Until next time, though. Don't think it. Don't say it. Cheeseburger. Bye-bye, man. Uh, bye-bye. Why would it be cheeseburger?